The NFL has its first significant COVID concern, and we wrap up our thoughts from week three, looking ahead to week four with Buccaneers.com staff writer Carmen Vitale on this episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Ryan Holiday Book from the best-selling authors of The Daily Stoic comes the ultimate stoicism guide to success, resilience, and virtue. To accept what you cannot control and adapt what you can, a philosophy sports teams across the country are successfully adapting. Lives of the Stoics, the art of living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius is available now wherever books are sold. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. And now your Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead story from James Yarko and David Harrison of the Locked On Bucks podcast. On Tuesday, according to multiple sources, including an article published on ESPN.com, the Tennessee Titans have closed their facilities until Saturday after three players and five team personnel members tested positive for the coronavirus. The three players, starting nose tackle Daquan Jones, long, long snapper Bo Brinkley, and practice squad tight end Tommy Hudson, have all been placed on the reserve, reserve COVID-19 list. As of yet, there have been no official decisions made about the Titans' upcoming game Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Nashville as the NFL wants and intends to have the game played as scheduled according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. One of the contingency plans, if needed, in order to allow for additional testing and contract chasing, tracing to occur would be to move the game to Monday night. The eight new positive tests for the Titans have been confirmed according to ESPN's Kevin Seifert. Those who tested positive have been asymptomatic as of Tuesday morning. Roger Goodell wrote on Tuesday, quote, this is not unexpected. There will be players and staff who will test positive during the season, end quotes. The Tennessee Titans also themselves issued a statement saying that they halted in-person work on Tuesday. The Pittsburgh Steelers came out and said that they were preparing as normal for their game against the Tennessee Titans, but it'll be interesting to see how the Titans react to this. Now, if you remember back, the MLB had some problems early in the season with the Miami Marlins and the St. Louis Cardinals, where a lot of the players were testing positive. They were able to get through that. They were able to figure out how to work that out, how to make sure that they were playing in a safe environment. And they have not had any problems since. In fact, the Major League Baseball playoffs kicked off yesterday and it'll be interesting to see how the NFL as a whole reacts and how this is handled for both the Titans and the Vikings moving forward. But you have to expect that they had some plans in place. They had something lined up, ready to go for the inevitability that a staff member and or players were to test positive. In the Titans situation, if you're shutting down your facility until Saturday and then expected to turn around and play a game on Sunday or Monday – that puts you at a huge competitive disadvantage, especially against a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers. So how the NFL handles this, how the Titans handle it internally, is really going to set the tone for how things like this are handled throughout the rest of the 2020 NFL season, should other cases pop up. I believe they will, because it's just one of those inevitable situations. 
we had already seen on Sunday that an Atlanta Falcons player had tested positive and he was being placed under quarantine. Not sure how he tested positive, but they went ahead with the game and there was no contact tracing. But this is something the NFL had to have a plan for heading into the season before they could even get all of this stuff started. So it'll be interesting to see how this all unfolds for the Titans and Vikings moving forward. Yeah, and the Minnesota Vikings also announced that they have closed their facility uh, out of an abundance of caution as they prepare to test their players and see if anybody uh, contracted the COVID-19 virus from any of the Titans players after playing on Sunday. In addition to that, the NFL is conducting daily testing of the referee and the officiating crew uh, that was on hand for the Vikings and Titans game and will continue to do so. And that crew will not work in week four, again, out of an abundance of caution for the safety of the players and the officials. The NFL always has at least one crew on a bye, according to ESPN. So not a big thing uh, there. However, the Vikings are preparing to play in, in Houston next Sunday. So a, a situation that definitely uh, warrants continuous monitoring as we see how the NFL reacts, how these two NFL re, uh, franchises and the franchises they're expected to play in week four coming up respond to this, and then how that trickle-down effect is going to affect the rest of the league, kind of similar to the way that it happened in Major League Baseball. Absolutely, and of course, every team had their COVID contingency plan that had to be approved by the NFL before they can move forward with the season. So, yeah, something to monitor and see how it all plays out. Coming up in just a moment, we are going to be joined by honorary third host, of the Locked On Bucks podcast, your favorite and ours, Carmen Vitale of Buccaneers.com. But before we get to that, of course, we have to give a shout out to our friends over at Visa. Now more than ever, it's important to show support for your team and your community. Visa and the National Football League knows the local businesses help your community move the ball down the field. Small businesses everywhere overcoming challenges in these new times thanks to teammates like you and Visa. Because when everybody pitches in, everybody benefits. Being loyal to local businesses ignites growth and supports all of us and our communities. Because they know that where you shop matters. Visa urges you to support local retailers who are making shopping safe and reliable. And remember, tap to pay with contactless Visa wherever you see the contactless symbol to help support your community. Visa official sponsor of the NFL. Update here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. You know what that means? We're closing the book on the previous week's matchup, moving into the next week's Tampa Bay Buccaneers matchup. And here to help us do so today, this week, as we get ready for the Los Angeles Chargers, is lover of free coffee and Buccaneers staff writer, Carmen Vitale. Carmen, thanks again for joining us. And, and how have you been? Did you get your free coffee? And, and, and was it everything that Dunkin' Donuts says that it is? Yes, it was delicious. Although I did not go out to get the coffee as Dunkin' has so graciously provided us with coffee for the season. So I get to do it right at home or in this case at the office and complete with my little Dunkin' mug. And I don't know if you guys caught it, but I had a Dunkin' mask that they sent me too. So that was very nice. That's a nice perk. Not going to lie. Quite. Like, that, uh, there's a dad joke to be made right there with coffee and being perky and uh, <laughs> perking you up. Central <laughs> perk. And maybe there's even a friend's reference in there. I don't know. But well done, guys. It's, it's Wednesday. We've made it. <laughs> so, so Carmen, like we just said, we're going to close the book on the Denver Broncos. Uh, of course, one of the things coming up here for the second straight week 
uh, leading back to the Panthers game is that the Bucks seemed to have the game pretty well under control in the second half, but the offense didn't quite produce the way that fans really would have liked them to. Uh, are you as concerned as the fans are about second half offense or are you not concerned about it at all or just a little bit? I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not concerned about it because three points and a half is not great no matter which way you slice it. But I don't think that I'm super concerned just because this offense is still kind of getting its sea legs. We're really on a roll here with dad jokes. Um, but I just don't think like I, they're still getting used to each other and you see it clicking more and more each week. So, I mean, this game was a completely clean game from Tom Brady, no interceptions, no turnovers. And the defense, I mean, really, you know, helped you out a ton in that first half and then even in the second half with that safety. So you had a good cushion. And there was a couple of times where there was, it was looking like, you know, Denver could even score or get back in it. That drive before halftime was kind of a killer for the defense, but they didn't let up after that. So when you've got that side of the ball, kind of on lock and you can trust that side of the ball uh this is you know this was the plan like give the offense some time to gel and they will on the other side of the ball uh yeah even with the loss of sean murphy bunting on sunday to that hamstring injury the secondary was still able to step up in a big way play really really well antoine winfield jr moves into the slot mike edwards comes in makes a phenomenal play at safety with that interception in the end zone We've heard about all the studying that Antoine Winfield Jr. has done with his father, the maturity, uh, the athleticism, and there's a lot of players that have those characteristics that we've seen in the past. They really, you know, there's not a lot of them that have put it together as quickly as Winfield has. What makes him so different and so special compared to some of these other rookie talents that we've seen come in and not make such a massive impact so quickly. I mean, I think that that's the million dollar question because I think if guys had that answer, every single guy would do it, right? But I really have to think that a lot of it has to do with just growing up around professional football and knowing how to carry yourself. Just, you know, the film study. I mean, some of these guys really don't study film until maybe college. And then if even then... And then, you know, they get to the league and it's still, they're kind of like deer in headlights when it comes to learning how to actually study. And what this staff is so good about is teaching. So, it, they, you know, guys come in with varying degrees of skill when it comes to studying. But I think that that kind of really helped Antoine because he already knew how to study film like a pro, was, had been studying film like a pro, puts in a lot of work and he is just kind of also naturally gifted. <laughs> and so you put all those pieces together, which are helped by genetics, they're helped by, you know, all these intangibles and you get a very special or a rare breed of a player like Bruce Arians called him yesterday uh, in Antoine. And I'm like, I'm so, I'm like running this hype train right now on with Antoine. Like I'm, I am the captain. I am, that in that first car I tried to temper expectations before coming into this season because I wasn't sure how it was going to go with any rookie and I'm just I'm blown away to be honest yeah I think I think plenty of people are on that hype train with you Carmen and I mean Antoine himself you know uh you know high aspirations coming into the season I remember during uh the off season before training camp or right maybe right in the beginning of training camp even he, he talked to uh your guys your the team media staff and said that his goal is to win defense rookie of the year but that he understood 
that the first step in winning or achieving that goal was earning a starting job, which he obviously did during training camp. And then, you know, asked about it again. You know, there's, there's a lot of excitement around him being an early defensive rookie of the year candidate. And he just kind of doubled down on it and said, you know, yeah, that's that's part of the goal. But the but the you know, it's a week to week process. And obviously, I'm paraphrasing. That's not a quote. He has to do that. Right. I mean, because he can't, you know, in week four of the NFL season, look at, you know, postseason accolades and and, you know, standing on stage, hopefully, or the virtual stage at the ESPYs getting an award or something. <laughs> he can't put his brain in that place. But but Carmen, you're a part of the organization that has the ability. You can if you really want to, you can get excited that far ahead. I mean, you got to be realistic you know, obviously to a certain extent, but you have the the ability and the flexibility to to drive the hype train, like you said. So I want to do a little bit of a heat check. Do you think <laughs> that Antoine Winfield Jr. legitimately can win Defense Rookie of the Year this year? And and even more, can he become the first Buccaneers Pro Bowl safety since John Lynch? Yeah, I'm just getting reckless here, and I'm full steam ahead. Let's go. Because this kid... I really do feel like it's most of those defensive awards. And I said this today, actually, on our um, Copy with Carmen and Casey. But most of those defensive awards, I feel like, always skew towards, like, pass rushers, guys with gaudy stats. You know, they get the sacks, they, whatever. But Antoine is getting those gaudy sacks. He already has two sacks this year. And he also has, like, he had 11 tackles in his second game. He forced a fumble. It's only a matter of time before this kid gets a safety or gets an interception. So, like, he is going to have every single gaudy stat that you could possibly want in some sort of rookie of the year conversation. So, and if the Bucks do well, there is literally no excuse for him to go overlooked whatsoever. So, I'm, you know... I'm all on. I'm all on board. I think that he will end up in the Pro Bowl if he keeps playing like this. This can all come back and bite me in the butt. I'm like, I'm just, I'm not. I'm done with tempering expectations on this kid because these past three games are just outrageous. And I, if he keeps this up and keeps getting better, which he said he's going to, the sky's the limit. And I like him so much. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and he just, he, he just plays the game, you know, with with a lot of fun. And I mean, uh, uh, we're James and I were talking. I'm writing. Uh, the rookie recap, which will be up on Wednesday at BucksNation.com, shameless plug. And I built a little bit of a gif from some of the NFL game pass footage of Antoine Winfield coming off the edge uh, as a blitzer and then getting his hands up in the passing lane and breaking up a pass that would have gone to KJ Hamler yes. and would have been likely a first down or close to a first down, if not. And granted, 15-point lead, it's the third quarter, but it's there's more than half the third quarter left. And if the Broncos get the ball outside their own 20, get a new set of downs, maybe – they get rolling, but the end of the but the, but the result is a three and out. Their fifth three and out of the game at that point. They give the ball back to the Buccaneers, and it's just one more drive where the Broncos can't build any momentum. Such a huge play, and you just see him celebrate after the fact. I mean, you can just tell with him, a huge he, smile he's killing it and having fun while he's doing it. Yeah, with this huge smile on his face, yeah. I love <laughs> his smile. I can't handle it. Like we ha- we got a bunch of pictures of it, our photogs. Like got a bunch of pictures of like close up and then i think the key, at one point even the tv broadcast yep. zoomed in on him and he's just cheesing and having so much fun and i'm like i love that smile keep that smile on your face at all times and he does he does he's having so much fun just the defense in general i feel like is having so much fun because they're having their i mean their the production is off the charts but like each guy is getting a chance to make a play so everyone is having so much fun and they're feeding off each other. And that's really cool. Yeah. And unfortunately we do have turned the page a little bit as we look towards the, the Los Angeles chargers to uh, a position group that's not having as much fun. Maybe uh, the wider series have struggled to stay healthy. They've, they've produced well. They've done well, obviously when they were in the game, 
But Mike Evans starting the season with a hamstring injury. Chris Godwin, the latest uh, to go down with a hamstring injury. I guess the expectation, if you want to call it that, obviously no, no injury reports until later today. But the expectation, I think, for most people, just kind of making assumptions that he's probably not going to play against the Chargers. Obviously, we're not going to ask you for any, you know, to, to violate any uh, team secrecy, if you even know. Um, but to to ask the next question that pertains to that situation, we're actually going to bring on a, a another guest real quick. Uh, and that is Adam from Georgia. Hey, David. Hey, James. It's Adam from Cummings, Georgia. Just uh, wanted to say I'm happy about the win um, against Denver. Thought it was great. Uh as far as defense goes, really happy with the defense. Just really good progression. Um, offense, uh, I'm really happy with that as well. Um, you know, I mean, we're just showing some consistency week by week. And like uh, you put it, you know, we don't need to blow out teams as long as uh, we're consistent and uh, putting points up. Um, I just wanted to give a uh, a thought on uh, Chris Godwin, you know, with his hamstring and everything, him being out. Um, I'm really curious to see Tyler Johnson step up. Um, I know we haven't even really seen a glimpse of him. Um, I just think, you know, when we drafted him, it did look like he had some promise. And, you know, when he was with, uh, I believe, in Minnesota, um, but anyway, just wanted to get your thoughts on Tyler Johnson and him stepping up and maybe, uh, you know, getting that opportunity. But anyway, as always, go Bucks. All right, Carmen. So, again, that was Adam from Georgia. Adam, we greatly appreciate your phone call. Uh, obviously, a lot for Adam to be happy about. And then he asked about Tyler Johnson. Obviously, you never want to see anybody get injured. But in this situation, if a player goes down, you always kind of look at that next man up mentality and who is the young talent that's going to get the opportunity. Last year was guys like Scotty Miller. This year, early, it's been a guy like Scotty Miller, and he's done pretty well with it. But then you look at Tyler Johnson, injured, speaking of injuries in the wide receiver group, right? Injured during training camp, really hasn't gotten a whole lot of action. 31% of offensive snaps in his first week, uh, in his NFL debut. No official targets because the one target he did get was negated by a penalty. But with Chris Godwin, you know, again, uh, coming from us, not Carmen Vitale of Buccaneers.com, expected, quote-unquote, to miss week four. What have you seen from Tyler Johnson in the opportunities he's had to practice and get out on the field that you think might translate well on the live playing field if Johnson is given his ability or given the opportunity to step up in week four? Well, I think that you're kind of easing him. You've been easing him in this so far this season. So the past three weeks, he's been getting some reps in practice and he's also been getting to learn, obviously, from a really great receiver room. So you have to think that he kind of has all the tools and he wasn't, you know, thrust into anything right away, which was the point. You don't, you know, when you have that wide receiver depth, you, you don't want to push a, a rookie into something before he's ready, uh, especially in, with an offseason like this. So I think that he's kind of gotten a chance to maybe acclimate a little bit more and get, you know, slowly kind of get his feet wet and then get used to the waters before he goes all the way in. So now I feel like, He's gotten some chances. He's gotten some reps in practice. Probably still not enough um, just because of the way the practice reps go. It's very hard to kind of develop guys in season. That's what training camp is usually for. Um, but, yeah, well, I mean, he's got a lot of – a ton of talent, and the coaches really, really like him. They really liked him coming out of Minnesota. He set all kinds of records there. So we'll see. And if he's the one that ends up stepping up, uh, we're, we're going to see how Justin Watson's doing this week too. He's, you know, he was out last week, but Scotty Miller is, he's getting more and more involved in this receiver room in this receiver group. And uh, you'll love to see it. 
I love to see it. This Chargers defense might be the best unit that the Bucks are going to be going up against so far this season. You, know, you take a look at what Joey Bosa can do on the edge and you know, how much better he is than Cameron Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> dig, dig, just a little bit of dig. Yeah, you take a look at what Joey Bosa is doing on the edge and you know, how important is it for this Buccaneers team that has struggled through three weeks with the trench penalties, how important is it that they get that under control this week against a dangerous Chargers defense? I mean, it's crucial. And I really do think, though, that's kind of like the last piece of the puzzle that you need to put together on offense. They hurt themselves, you know, this past week and have been these past couple weeks um, of the season with those offensive penalties. And I mean, once you kind of, and, but they've been going down, they've been getting better. You see the improvement there. So I have to think that with Brady playing another clean game, you cut down on those penalties a little bit more. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm taking you over pretty much anybody, including the Chargers defense. Uh, if you can kind of put it all together. And I feel like that's where we're at in the season. You, you see the incremental improvement each week. And that's the step we're at this week. So hopefully that will be the case. But yeah, I mean, these guys are going to make you pay for it if you get behind the chains. So don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to get into some final game stuff. We're going to hold Carmen accountable very early in the week. uh, And the preparation hasn't even really fully begun yet. But we're going to hold Carmen accountable anyway. Coming up here as we have more from Buccaneers.com staff writer and Instagram live superstar Carmen Vitale (laughs) on the Locked On Bucks podcast. Wrapping things up here on a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast, joined by Buccaneers.com staff writer, Carmen Vitale. Carmen, without the benefit of the injury reports, we're five days away from this game. But when you take a look at the, at the Los San Diego Angeles Chargers, <laughs> which I'm all- waiting to do that. I'm still waiting to do that this week. I guarantee you I'm going to mess up still. I know it's been years, but I'm not. I still just mashed the two together, and I have a really hard time saying Chargers without slipping into the Arnold Schwarzenegger go Chargers go impression that I keep in my back pocket. But who is the offensive Charger that worries you the most? Uh, It's got to be Eckler, right? Like, although I don't even... I, I mean, yeah, he's a great player, but also like our run defense is really good. So I guess, but I still think that like, if you, you have to contain him and he's got to be public enemy number one at this point, I, Justin Herbert's a little bit more of an unknown still. We'll see how, I know that he went out last game and came back in and we'll see how, how he's feeling going into this, but he's obviously a little bit of an unknown too, but yeah, you got to go Austin Eckler. Yeah, I like it. I mean, when you look at that offense, especially with a potential rookie quarterback coming off of an injury, you know, again, it's it's Tuesday. So the Tuesday injury reports don't say a whole lot because they don't exist. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we don't know what we're going to expect from the quarterback position. And I, and I think that it's it's a it's a reasonable, you know, I think there's some people out there who probably heard that and they're like, oh, the Bucks run defense is great. But the Bucks run defense is great because they focus on it and they pay attention and they game plan against the running back because they know if they can make the other offense one dimensional, especially make them pass more than they want to. That's where the pass rushers, JPP, now Levante, David, Devin White, Shaq Barrett can all kind of take over the game and, and do all those great things. So I think it's, it's a great uh, point to bring up the running game because I think Austin Eckler is definitely one of, one of those weapons that the Bucs uh, defense needs to prepare for. 
but Carmen, then flipping on to the other side of things, uh, the Chargers defense, you know, um, Obviously, a lot of Buccaneers fans were fans of a certain young safety who is a part of that <laughs> team, but unfortunately not playing due to injury. But right. there's still a lot of talent on that defense. Uh, I'm going to continue going so that James can't slip in a dig. There's still a lot of young talent on that Chargers defense or just talent in general. Uh, which Chargers defender, if there is one, scares you the most out of all of them? I mean, it's the Bosa. It's yeah. always the Bosa. Yeah. I don't care if it's Joey, it's Nick, it's whoever. Like, it's it's a Bosa. So, Yeah he's just a game wrecker on that side of the ball and he can just make so many problems for you uh, for an offensive line, for a quarterback, for a running back, heck probably a receiver, you know, try to get out get him out of the backfield. Um, so yeah, I, he's, he's a one man wrecking ball and you gotta, you gotta stand up to him. Carmen, we're going to have to ask you what your bold prediction for Sunday is and why is it Rob Gronkowski will have three <laughs> touchdowns? <laughs> I don't like he's so I, I spent an entire day today doing a breakdown of his game. I didn't break down his entire game, but I found there was two specific kind of series of plays, back to back plays where he showed exactly why he's such a good blocking tight end because he is a good blocking tight end. He's not just a blocking tight end, but he's a very good one. Um, and then following that up with his receiving, like his receiving skills. So on the one I actually just posted to Twitter, he uh, just completely manhandles a linebacker while Alex Kappa pulls like from all the opposite side of the formation all the way over, take on an outside linebacker. They both create this wonderful little hole for Leonard Fournette to just squeak through, um, gets four more yards. And then the very next play Gronk is left completely unaccounted for because basically they set him up. He was set up. They bucks set up like not accounting for Gronk because like, Oh, he's probably going to stay in the block. No, he's not. He goes all the way out to the flat, ends up getting 10 yards on third down, converting it. He converted a couple of third downs for the bucks and prove that you can't leave him unaccounted for. You have to respect him in the receiving game, too. So that was a really long-winded way to say that's not necessarily a bold prediction because they're absolutely setting Gronk up uh, to just be a nightmare for up like other defenses because you don't know what he's going to do. That being said, I want to see the Bucks ground game itself. I know we talked about Austin Eckler and the Chargers ground game, but I want to see... Uh, I want to see, I don't know which back. I want to see one of the backs get another 100 yards because we had the first 100-yard rusher in the second game of the season against Carolina. It took us till the last game of 2019 to have that, and we did it in the second game this year. So I want to keep that train rolling, and you can pick your poison on who it is, if it's either Rojo or Leonard. Lenny F. Don't forget the F around him. For the sake of my fantasy team, I'm going to say, can it be Rojo? Pretty please. (laughs) He did win the Good Morning Football's angry run this week. He had the angry run, which was aided by literally the entire offensive line and Rob Gronkowski (laughs) pushing the pile to give him like nine yards when he should have gotten stopped at the line. Uh, So I'll I'll go with Rojo. Of course, Carmen, we also got to get you on record for a final score prediction. Bucks are favored (laughs) to win by just over a touchdown and a Ryan suck up extra point. Uh, and yes, we will absolutely hold you accountable for this one week from now when <laughs> the game is over and we've all had three injury reports and a whole lot of news to use to make our predictions, but that doesn't matter. You're on the record now. So no pressure. <sighs> I hate going into games like where you're the, the spread is so like 
you're like seven and a half point favorites. I'm like, Ugh. I'd much rather be the underdog, but I understand that's not the case. This isn't one of those games where the box should win, should not guaranteeing anything. But my final score prediction is going to be box 31 chargers 27. Ooh, close one. I think it's gonna be yeah. I think it's gonna be closer than we want it to be. I'm I'm insulating myself at this point. I'm insulating. <laughs> so all right. So thirty-one to twenty-seven says Carmen Vitali. We will revisit that on our recap episode and talk about how right or wrong uh, you were. But oh, we're gonna make a we're gonna make a social media graphic out of that and make sure we share the crap out of no. it. No. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, Carmen, where can everyone catch everything that you're doing? And what do you have coming up this week ahead of the Chargers game? Uh, so, Carmi B on Instagram and Twitter. And it's Buccaneers.com uh, for all of the wonderful features between Scott and I as far as articles. And we've got some really cool content coming your way video-wise. Uh, we got our game trailers every week. We're kind of in the grind of the season now, so it's um you know everything every week there's we have our own article franchises but like i said i just did a breakdown of a couple of rob gronkowski's plays from from denver and would love to check it out uh, and congratulations to the Tampa bay lightning oh it's really cool absolutely no matter what sport it is no matter who it is it's always cool to see a championship come to your city so yeah. And if the Rays make it to the World Series, I will absolutely watch at least the last inning of the elimination game. <laughs> I, I texted my dad, who is a big Rays fan, and I said, Tampa is about to become title town, and it starts with the lightning. Listen, I inferred that also this morning on our special Tuesday edition of Coffee with Carmen and Casey. I did not say anything, but I said it could become the city of champions, which infers something, but I did not say it. I would like to put that on the record. All right. Well, Carmen, we certainly appreciate having you on. You continue to be one of our absolute favorite humans, and we love when you are able to join us on the On Bucks podcast. Thanks, guys. Always good to talk to you. All right. And, of course, coming up tomorrow, David will have the crossover Thursday episode with Locked On Chargers. I'm not sure if it'll be Dave Drogemeyer or Daniel Wade or both. Uh, yeah, David might be going into a handicap match here, two on one, because I'm taking the day off to sleep. I've slept two hours in the last like two days, but hey, it was for the cup. Go Lightning! <laughs> Check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, at CarmyV, and at Bucks underscore. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. If you're going to the parade celebration, be safe, mask up, all that good fun stuff. Wash your hands. And we thank you all so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.